Oh, baby. Hello again, Bears fans. Welcome into We Are Regal Radio's three and out series where we give you three takeaways from every single Bears game. But uh, I might call a little bit of an audible on this one. The Bears, they got uh, destroyed and embarrassed on national TV, 41-25 to against the Green Bay Packers up in Lambeau Field on Sunday night football. Uh, the game wasn't even close. I don't know if there's a ton of takeaways to take away from this game. So this might just be kind of three takeaways in one. Uh, this is something that I talked about for a while now, and especially in our fourth and goal series when we discussed our final goal and it was kind of looking at the future of the Bears. And it's, it's kind of funny hearing some of the other analysts around town, you know, people are starting to feel that vibe of, hey, maybe we need to fire Ryan Pace and Matt Nagy when I've been feeling that for a little bit of time now. And I kept pointing to this Green Bay game on national TV. If we know anything about the McCaskies, it is simply that they hate losing to Green Bay. Obviously, they want to win. Um, they want to win a Super Bowl. And I kind of hesitate saying those last two because they do a lot of dumb and weird stuff in trying to get a winning franchise or get to a Super Bowl. Uh, a lot of times they do things that you just think are simply foolish when it comes to personnel or how they run their business. And that's why more times than not, the Bears have been an inconsistent franchise versus some of these other teams like Pittsburgh, New England, Green Bay, teams that continually are at the top or near the top or fighting for playoffs, always relevant in some kind of way. Uh, right now, you're, you're seeing a, a, lot of, a lot of flaws in how Ryan Pace has built this team. And that's it's really starting to show its ugly head. And it's looking a lot like Phil Emery, the former GM before Ryan Pace, and looking like Jerry Angelo, the GM before Phil Emery. And to give some credit to Jerry Angelo, he made the playoffs a few times and got them to a Super Bowl, built a Super Bowl-caliber winning team in Chicago. Uh, unfortunately, they couldn't get it done against the Colts. But ever since really that 06 season there's been a lot of bad play with an occasional season of good play uh, like 2010 comes to mind 2018 comes to mind that's about it since 06 and now to kind of focus in back in on this regime you know the bears they you see what what kind of mistakes that they have made that really are unforgivable and I guess maybe the biggest thing to take away from this game, Bears fans, is what is the franchise's accountability for this? You will you start out five and one, you've lost five straight to go to five and six now. There are plenty of winnable games, so it's not like the Bears. Do not be shocked. As much as I don't really believe it's going to happen, but do not be shocked because it's definitely, definitely possible. The Bears could sneak into the playoffs. At the same time, too, top 10 in the draft is not out of the question either if they lose a bunch more games. So it's going to be, you know, a, a stressful end to the season, unfortunately, Bears fans. There's going to be a lot of games where I think we saw earlier before the five-game losing streak where the Bears maybe 
eked out a victory here and there because it came down to a final play or really late in the game. Don't be surprised if there's a few more of those. And unfortunately, I think the stresses of Sunday are just going to be prevalent there unless you decide to turn off the TV. Let's go back to the major mistakes the Bears have made. What's the most important position in sports? Not the NFL. Sports. Team sports. Renownedly, it is considered the quarterback position because the quarterback can do more than any other position on the football field when given an opportunity. They control the game more than any other position on the football field. They are the ones that usually separate a team A from team B in terms of how good they are because you'll find in the NFL, yeah, there are teams with superstar players and this other team doesn't really have superstars but that difference in a superstar pass rusher versus you know an average pass rusher it's a gap but it is not a grand canyon-esque gap like you would see in college if there is going to be sometimes these major gaps in the nfl between talent it's only really going to be at the quarterback position you know aaron Rodgers, like last night versus mitch trubisky that, you can say, is a Grand Canyon-esque gap. I mean, Mitch has the physical tools that are similar to Aaron Rodgers. I'm not saying he's as good or anything like that, but he has the arm and the legs to be a good quarterback in this league. He's just not. And you see, after how many weeks he's been benched, you know, a bye week to get ready, and Mitch looked terrible. I mean, you're talking about 50% of your passes completed, uh, you threw two interceptions. You give up a horrible fumble that leads to a touchdown. I, I mean, if you're a, the crappy Bears offense, when is it going to get through their heads? We can't make a single mistake when we go out there. But of course, if you are the type of team that has a unit where you can't make a single mistake, otherwise it's going to stall a drive or it's going to mean that you can't score more than 20 points. I mean, this league is about scoring. Don't get me wrong. Defense wins championships, blah, 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 yada, 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 yada. Yes, you have to have a good defense. You have to. It's almost like the NBA in the NFL right now. You need a defense that can get you a stop and a rebound at a critical time. That's what you need in the NFL. And then you need to score points. The Bears don't score points. You talk about, you know, the quarterback position that we just mentioned. The saviors this year for the quarterback position was Nick Foles, who everybody on this NFL planet that follows knows that, yes, he can be a very good quarterback, did some really great stuff in some short stints with the Eagles. You had that Chip Kelly year, you had the Super Bowl year, and then the year where the, they beat the Bears in Soldier Field in 2018 in that playoff game. Nick can definitely, definitely play very well. We also have a huge history with Nick Foles of him stinking, stinking where he's gone, especially when the coach hands the keys to the car over to him. He's much better coming off the bench at a critical time when the team needs him, and then he needs a lot of things around him. He needs an offensive line, first and foremost. Nick Foles is a statue. He needs an offensive line in order to be good. Then you flip it over to Nick Mitchell Trubisky. I mean, 
We all saw with what Mitch did in 2019. The head coach at the end of the offseason is saying, I need a quarterback that can master this offense and learn how to read defenses. And you fast forward to this season, those are your two best options at quarterback. And there's a lot of people that said, oh, look at how awful Cam Newton is. See, aren't you lucky you didn't have Cam? I don't know about that. Are you lucky you don't have Cam, especially at that price? When you paid a lot of money for Nick Foles, and now it's expected for him to be either benched or, you know, Mitch is going to play so poorly that they're going to go right back to Nick. And then when you talk about bringing in Nick Foles, Mitch Trubisky, having them as quarterbacks, you know, one's a statue that needs time. The other needs time because he's very bad at reading defenses. The only change that they made at the offensive line was letting Kyle Long go, which wasn't even their decision. He retired. And then on top of it, you just bring in Jermaine Effetti and draft a, draft a couple seventh-round offensive linemen. I mean, the, the idea that Ryan Pace should keep his job because he built such a good defense, well, you can kind of flip that argument. He has never built a good offense here. Not one. There has not been one good offense. He hired the offensive coach that was supposed to be the guru and make this all work. That coach hired his assistants, then fired his assistants and brought in new assistants that he's familiar with that would make everything start working. Certain players were brought in. Not enough, but players were brought in. Here's an extra quarterback in case Mitch messes up. Here's an extra offensive lineman so that we fill Kyle Long's uh, empty spot. You should be good to go, right? And here's a couple tight ends. One that we're going to overpay in Jimmy Graham, and we're going to draft a tight end that we're not really going to use. Uh, it, it's just ridiculous. And then you throw in the draft mistakes that Ryan Pace has made. And it's not even just who he drafted that was a mistake. You trade up for Leonard Floyd. Leonard Floyd's having a better season than Robert Quinn is out with Los Angeles. I'm not saying that the Bears should have kept Leonard Floyd or anything like that, but the guy you traded up for into the top 10 to go get to be your premier pass rusher didn't last here, and now he's playing better somewhere else. And you gave up ass extra assets to get him. That was the same thing with Mitch. You gave up extra assets to go up and get Mitch Trubisky, who is easily one of the worst quarterbacks in the NFL, at least as a starter. Maybe he's one of the best backups. You know, if you, you said the top 64 quarterbacks, meaning A, and the first, the starter, and then the backup guy, maybe he cracks the top 64. You traded up for David Montgomery. David Montgomery, first of all, is barely used. And second of all, he is just not the type of running back that's going to be your, you know, workhorse stud. I mean, he is going to succeed with another back that complements him and the two of them work off each other. You traded up for that guy, though. Remember, you traded up, gave up assets for David Montgomery. Two second-round tight ends that Ryan Pace has drafted, and so far, both of them have given you next to nothing in terms of their play. And we all keep being told in Matt Nagy's offense, you got to have a tight end. That's one of the most important parts. Hey, you got a young quarterback and another quarterback in Nick Foles. Both of those guys could really benefit from a big-time tight end. I mean, that's where the big mistake is with Ryan Pace. How many draft picks did he give away for guys that either A, didn't work out or aren't that great of a player, and now 
those draft picks that you got rid of, think about this past draft. The Bears didn't have many picks coming into it. They had the two second rounders, no third rounder. You traded away your fourth round compensatory pick for Nick Foles, and then they traded back in, got some fifth rounders, and they had six or seven. So they had pretty much all their picks on day three. No pick day one and a couple picks day two. You know, when you don't have that many picks at the top, and this is after trade for Cleo Mack and had multiple years without a first-round pick, that's where offensive linemen go. Offensive linemen don't sit around and, and just be found day three of the draft. Of course, you can find some gems, but majority of the guys playing in the league that are starting day in and day out, they're coming in the first two days of the draft. But if you don't have enough picks to draft those guys, then you are going to see the pipelines of that position group become very bare, and that's where we're at. There's really no prospects. I mean, maybe Alex Bars, you know, James Daniels is very young. He could still develop into a really nice offensive lineman. You know, Cody Whitehair is solid, but I don't think he's great. And then you got a problem to tackle. These mistakes start building up. And Ryan Pace even said every year we're going to try to draft a quarterback. He's drafted one. I mean, there is just nobody developing back there. If Mitch Trubisky got hurt, your best option is Tyler Bray. I mean, you could stick former Bear, who's now on the Lions, Chase Daniel, and substitute with Tyler Bray. It's the same player, and we know how good Chase Daniel was. He's not an NFL starter, and he's not really a backup. So it's just a sad state. And then you look ahead to where the Bears are going, Currently, they sit 16th in the league in terms of their record. And you have games, a huge one coming up this weekend against the Lions. You know, you lose that game against the Lions, and I have no idea what to expect. You know, the Lions, they fired their head coach and GM. Houston did the same thing, and they started to play a little bit better. It, usually, teams play a little bit harder when they see the GM and – and. Uh, head coach being fired because they know that really someone else is coming in here and that all their jobs are on the line and they're going to look at the tape of this season and they're going to say okay this guy he was dogging it all year we don't need him you know this guy quit we don't want him they're going to be looking at the guys that are fighting that are really playing hard and that are showing any type of improvement so this is an opportunity for the Lions, especially that they know week one hey boy we catch that pass. DeAndre Swift in the end zone catches it. Game over. Bears lose. The Lions definitely can beat the Bears this coming Sunday. And if they do, that would flip-flop their records. The Lions would be at 5-7. and seven, and The Bears would be at 5-7. and seven, And the Bears could drop all the way down, potentially. Potentially. Uh, there's still some games that have to finish up here in Week 12. But they could potentially be right around top 10 in the draft. So, at that point, you start wondering, like, if you're if you're five and seven, with just four games left, the best you can be then is nine and seven, and then you look ahead at what the playoff standings are right now. The Bears are obviously on the outside looking in. They are in the ninth spot at five and six, just ahead of San Francisco, and again. Detroit's in the 11th spot, so that, that can flip very quickly. Minnesota is now the eighth team 
And the eighth team matters because, of course, if the league has to shut down for whatever reason and can't finish out the season, they will likely expand the playoffs to the top eight in each conference. Uh, the Vikings, as I said, five and six, they have a tie break over the Bears. You know, Bears, that's, these are must wins against the Vikings and the Lions, and that just so happens to be two of their next three opponents. The one sandwiched between it is the Houston Texans, you know, Houston's playing a lot better. They're playing a lot, lot better than when we last saw them. They're at four and seven, and they start out the year horrendously. Jacksonville, to me, looks like a lock. I guess maybe that we'll see about that, but that looks like a lock, as much of a lock of a win that you can get. And the Bears could very easily end up six and ten, very easily. They could maybe be seven and nine if, let's say, that last game against the Packers, uh, the Packers have their seed all sewn up and they decide to rest their starters. You know, obviously a win against the Lions changes everything a little bit too because you still are in the hunt then for the playoffs. And things can definitely happen. I mean, the Bears could definitely rip off four games when you talk about the Lions, Texans, Vikings, and Jags. I mean, they could win those four games and maybe go 3-1. and one. And then that would put them in another position where that Week 17 uh, matchup against the Packers, maybe that's a win-and-you're-in type scenario. This Bears season is totally in flux, but... You know, it's really hard to discuss playoffs and how they're going to succeed when they just look terrible right now. And I don't know if things are going to get much better. We'll see what happens if this this defense comes back with a, a great effort and really starts shutting opposing teams down. But you have to worry about the fraying and the fracturing in the locker room. The quit factor. I mean, Matt Nagy came out with quotes immediately saying he was so embarrassed. He called out all the coaches and players and said, hope basically none of them slept last night after that terrible display. So Bears fans, I guess, uh, you know, wasn't necessarily three takeaways. I, I just kind of went on an emotional riff there because honestly, I mean, what takeaways are you going to take from that game? Uh, this is something we've seen Many, many times, unfortunately, especially under John Fox, uh, Bill Emery with Mark Tressman, you know, definitely with Lovey Smith. If you're a Bears team, you got to wake up. If you're the Bears franchise, you got to wake up. You need to be able to score points, and you need to find capable people that can, first of all, put together a scheme based on the talent that you have. And probably hire somebody with some play calling experience because Matt Nagy. You know, he doesn't have it, and I don't think Bill Lazor is the answer either, if he's even still the play caller. You know, who knows what's going on there? We'll see. It's still time for the Bears to change their future, but I've been saying it all along. Time is running out, and a few more terrible losses. You go ahead and finish your season below 8-8. Eight and eight. That means under Matt Nagy, trend is going down. Trend is saying the league has figured you out, and you're not doing a good enough job. Bears got to do a lot of soul searching, players, coaches, front office people, owners. You got to really look at this with with clear eyes. And if, especially if you're the McCaskies, if you've got anybody in that Rolodex you trust as a third party kind of objective viewer, you need to ask all of them, what the heck should we do? Because this is really right now a disaster.